Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom Quee here. Today we're looking at a cherished track from Load that shock horror I don't really like, and I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm not trying to be the uh, the iconoclast, although I kind of am deep down. But I, I'm, I'm seriously not. I don't really vibe with this, but maybe my guest will convince me otherwise. Maybe you will as well. Um, today we're doing Mama Said, and just before we get to the song and the guest, please follow the show at Metallica Pod. Get in touch with me MetallicaPod at gmail.com. I've got two really cool emails to get through. Um, iTunes is there if you want to leave us a review. Patreon as well, patreon.com forward slash Alpha Metallica. If you want to give back to the show, you want to listen to the content first but um making his third appearance now on the show good friend of the show kevin how's it going going awesome man honored to be part of your project of course of course and where are you calling from sorry uh denver colorado now oh sweet okay uh rocky mountain high right absolutely it's just uh i mean it looks like a beautiful place of the world it absolutely is. You should come out and visit. Yeah, I would. I would love to. Um, I don't know if you're, if you're familiar with Joey Diaz. Um, he's oh, on, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he has loads of stories about living in Denver in like the '80s and stuff. Which uh, <laughs> I imagine isn't your lifestyle, but uh, but still, yeah. Um, James is in Colorado. Is that right? Yeah, he's in Vail. Vail is that like a real sort of rich person area? Yeah, that's a kind of a ski resort town. Ski resort. Okay, cool. Um, so, uh, yeah, if you're not familiar with the show, I should say as well, we are going through every single Metallica song in alphabetical order. We are now more than halfway through, um, and today we are on the M's, obviously, with Mama Said. And just before we get to Mama Said with Kevin, we have two emails to get through. The first email comes from a band, actually. Short email from Expired Outcast. Um, haven't actually listened to these guys, but I definitely will. Definitely go give them a listen yourselves. They say, hello, Metallica. Uh, uh, sorry, hello, Alpha Metallica. Just wanted to say that I have a band, and we always tune in to see what's up on the podcast. So thanks for making the show. We really enjoy them. Sincerely, Expired Outcast. Thanks so much, guys. Again, you know, I haven't necessarily uh, perused your sound, but um, everyone go out and check out Expired Outcast. And my next email comes from Mike. Mike, who has been in touch with the show before. Mike, who's providing now his top 10 countdown of Metallica albums. So let's get into it. He says, number 10, Reload. Needless release of what appeared to be songs recorded for Low that didn't make the cut. And we can quickly tell why they didn't make the cut. When the song featuring Mariam Faithful is the best song on the album, we have problems. Do you, do you agree with that, Kevin? Is that the best song, Memory Remains? Um, I don't know. It, it is up there for me, especially the S&M version. I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's a great version. The ending is is sensational. I did, for me, personally, again, I don't really fuck with Reload. I probably like Fuel and Bad Seed more than Memory yeah, Remains. Yeah, I'm the same way. I really like Bad Seed. Yeah, Bad Seed's great. Um, but uh, number nine for him is Saint Anger. Out of ideas, no memorable songs, questionable, pro- questionable production. I mean, we spoke a little earlier about you getting into the band in the t- 2003 era, but not because of Saint Anger. Do you agree there? Is that is that for you, number nine? Uh, it's my number ten. It's <laughs> way down there for me. It, that that whole album just lacks the Metallica synergy that those four dudes usually have on mm. an album that makes it so great. Number eight for Mike here is Death Magnetic. It says, heavy, fast at times, almost a return to form, but lacks great songs except for the single. Do you, do you agree? Does it lack great songs apart from Day? No, I love that album. I'm yeah. surprised you put it down there at eight. Yeah, me too. I think it's a terrific album. I think other than, other than really Suicide and Redemption, I think all the songs are really good. Even that's like a good, really good song. But yeah, I, think, I dig that one, actually. Yeah, I think, you know, Cyanide, That Was Just Your Life, End of the Line. Like, it's one of those ones that, I remember first listening, It kind of, I kind of struggled to make sense of it structurally. It kind of was a bit too repetitive for me. But the more you go back and the more, like, All Nightmare Long. I mean, My, Apoc- My Apocalypse is crazy good. 
That's like yeah. such a such a good song. Number seven for Mike was Hardwired, which is a little late of a return to form, but nevertheless a nice surprise. An album that keeps getting better and offers more with each listen. Not immediately satisfying, but leaves a good aftertaste once the digestive process is completed. Are you a Hardwired guy? Oh, I love it. I love it. I have my Metallica mix on my phone, and half the time I'm going, man, I hope a hardwired song comes up next (laughs) when it's on shuffle. Number six for Kevin is the Black Album. They become a different band with this album, much like Def Leppard did with Hysteria or Van Halen with 5150. I mean, I definitely agree with uh, Van Halen. I listened to a great Van Halen podcast I mentioned a few times on the show, Dave and Dave Unchained, and they always say that Van Halen is two bands, you know, Van Halen and Van Hagar. Uh, Upon reflection, Mike says, there are some solid tunes on here. Sam Man, Holy in the Now, Sad But True, struggle though struggle seems unfinished there is that incredible riff groove on struggle at two minutes 57 after james barks go and i'm thinking yes we need this part to be longer we need more stuff like this on the album the other songs are far too simplistic and generic rock talica the two ballads are mediocre not awful just mediocre i mean i don't agree what how do you feel yeah, I think mediocre is pretty strong, but you know, strong. he's the one listening. He gets his opinion. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> Shout out to Mike all the way in Toronto, Canada. Like, I appreciate the uh, the message, of course. Like for me personally, I'm not the biggest Unforgiven guy, but I think Nothing Else Matters is is like a masterpiece. I don't really know how that could be called mediocre, but. As you say, that's uh, that, that's his prerogative. Number five for Mike is Load. Their image disguised the fact that almost half the album was pretty good. Hero of the Day and Until It Sleeps virtue into alt-rock territory and are weak, he adds. But the album is some solid, well-written metal. Standouts are Bleeding Me, King Nothing and the epic Outlaw Turn. Really tied with the Black Album if I had to rank it. It's slightly better because it's more adventurous. If I wrote this list again tomorrow, I may have put Load at six and moved Black to five. In fact, that's probably the correct order, but I've already <laughs> typed this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i mean um load and black album which one's the better one uh for me it's the black album but mm. i'm more surprised at the delta between where he ranked load and reload how many spots there are in between those considering yeah. they were from the same sessions yeah i know what you're saying definitely so i mean four to one we can sort of guess what these albums are in, in whatever certain order so number four for him is Justice for All. Epic album, but would sound much better if we could hear the bass guitar. No weak songs, really, except for the first half of one. Wow, Mike with the controversial opinions. Mm. Great experimentation in several places. Not as magical as the first three LPs. Nevertheless, magical enough. This spent six months in my Walkman when I first bought it. I go back to it periodically, and it's still satisfied. It satisfies. Needs more bass. I need to find that Justice for Jason remix, but I haven't found it yet. I mean, we obviously did a Justice song uh, when you first on the show, Kevin, um, and Justice for You is very highly placed record. Yeah, I've, Master used to be my number one album, but I think Justice takes that spot today. Mm. You know, it can change day to day or week to week, but it's really on top solidly right now. Yeah, it's interesting because obviously I ask at the end of each episode what your favorite album is, and um, Kevin and uh, Clinton Ethan, who've been doing their Metal Tales on the Road, they always ask that as well. And Justice seems to come up more than pretty much anything like that seems to be the kind of the one nailed on like surprisingly more than master or black album so yeah i think for a lot of people that was their first album or just an album that sort of appeals to them and you know it is arguably their sort of heaviest album and certainly where they dug deepest into the idea of what they were at that time so number three for mike is kill em all masterpiece at the time of its release it was the best metal album of all time metallica did with the new wave of british heavy metal what led zeppelin did with their blues and rock influences they took the best elements the best riffs at least stylistically and they perfected them raising the bar in the genre are you, are you a kill em all guy 
I am, and I really like when they do Kill 'Em All songs live now, so I can hear you know James's better singing voice. Yeah, but you really can't fuck with the old production of just hearing that classic eighties no. Metallica. No, no, no. I think yeah. I, I, again, as I said before on the show, like Kill 'Em All has been my revelation of doing this podcast. Like I fucking love that album. Like I was into it before, but I just completely like it. Really appeals to me that it's died in the wall. That it's just teenagers and that it's so fucking good so number two is master of puppets is a perfect album but almost too perfect it's lightning two and that's okay really i can't find a flaw anywhere and of course number one is ride the lightning perfection personified and words cannot describe it so mike thank you for the fantastic email and again please people get in touch with metallicapod at gmail.com uh if you've got lists if you've got feedback and stuff or if you just got you know general impressions on the band or the show i love to read them out and dissect them so we'll get into Mama said, um, just before we get into the, like, the, the nitty gritty of the song, let's get a general scope. What is Mama said to you, Kevin? Is this something that's very important to you? I love this song. This is one of my favorite songs off that album. And I know people are like surprised by it, but if you just take it by itself and realize what it is, I think you can enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to be like, you know, comparing it to Master of Puppets. You can just take it as is and really enjoy it. Yeah. And we, you know, we open in a way, oddly, similar to Leper Messiah, um, we open with the countdown, the one, two, three, four, one, two, ah, and it, it, it gives you that sort of intimate appeal straight away. This is James at the microphone with the acoustic guitar, um, you know, these humble salt-of-the-earth chords coming in, and James singing over the top with some nice reverb on the voice, a, a, a deep richness, and... I guess my issue, and I, you know, I don't want to offend people because I know a lot of people love this track, and I, you know, I'm not trying to put the cat amongst the pigeons or anything like that, but I just don't find it that memorable. And I guess the melody to me is slightly, I don't know, slightly half baked. It just, it just feels a little desultory. Like I, compositionally, the stuff that I like, like I like the fact that you know, um, with the with the chorus first of all, it's very soft with the chords going down, and then it rushes into that kind of overall country ornamentation with the slides and the more pronounced drumming and Hetfield backing himself. Um, you know, and there's a lot to like about the song. Like I definitely respect. The, I don't want to say bravery, but you know, I, I like the fact that they went in this direction. That James continued to forge this path um, in, in a more kind of melodic um, sphere. But I mean, I mean, talk to me about the intro then. Like, talk about James's lyrics, the sound of the song. Yeah, like verse one. If you kind of don't know what you're getting into, uh, you probably have sort of a Leonard Skinner, simple man sort of feel sure, yeah. in the first verse. So maybe that's why it seems a little hackneyed. Is like it's kind of been done before. It has mm-hmm. that same feel to it. Um, but I really like it. I love the build up in the song because verse one is all acoustic. Verse two adds the steel guitar and a little bit of drums in there. You know, then the guitars and the drums continue through the bridge. And then in verse three, halfway or uh, before it repeats, when it repeats, then it like really builds up and adds the adds the volume to it and then comes back down. I really like that structure because it's really stealthy how they build it up to a climax and then it comes down sort of traditionally. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the um, the Let My Heart Go uh, kind of refrain there, which is re- repeated a lot throughout the song, you know, I think it's nine times that, that James kind of anchors himself around this. I just, it's not that edifying to me, but it's kind of this, 
you know, I, I, I'm sure you've had the same experience, but I remember being, you know, being around friends and loving songs and playing them than these songs. And they're just like, they're apathetic towards them. You know what I mean? They just don't hit yeah. them in a certain way. And you can't do anything to change their mind. It's like trying to, ch- trying to change someone's favorite color or something. It's just, if the song doesn't click with, know, with someone's soul, it's kind of a lame way to say it, but you know what I mean? If it doesn't kind of get into your blood, then there's nothing really you can do. And I personally, don't feel that the chorus has too much staying power. Don't find it that nourishing or edifying. But I do agree that the song builds well. I think it's masterfully put together. I love the instrumentation that goes in. And there's a lot of different things. There's often a tertiary guitar. And I think there's like a banjo or some other sort of familiar stringed instrument that they were getting into that bag for. And though we don't get a guitar solo, Kirk's still there with the wah in the verses, which is nice. Oh, of course. Yeah. Can't leave out the wah. No. I mean, um, are you surprised? Because I, a song like this, I feel, would, would, would suit a Skinner-type, you know, woodshedding solo, or something maybe a bit more gentle and reflective, but still quite powerful. Yeah, I think you could definitely add that in there. And I was thinking the other day, like, if somebody else had performed this song, like, if Johnny Cash had did this song like yeah. he did Hurt, like, <laughs> yeah. would people like this song better? I, I don't know. Maybe yeah. that's something is just I'm thinking of, but yeah, I think yeah. that would help. I think you're right. I think that that's a really good point. I could definitely imagine like the, the the hurt video, but him doing this over the top, like yeah. And the title as well, Mama said, is kind of you know indicative of that uh, that sort of uh, uh, emotional recess that he's in. Um, talk to me about the lyrics. James getting very confessional. Yeah. Um, as usual, he's pretty vague, so you can kind of put what you want there but you know it centers around his mom and her dying at a young age uh i think he was 16 when she passed but the song is actually about him really trying to strike out on his own you know kind of that defying the edible mother sort of archetype there and some of the lyrics are actually pretty surprising like when i hear it i think uh but you gave me your emptiness that i take to my grave that's how i hear it when i listen Mm -hmm. to it but I went on Metallica.com, and it's that, but you gave me your emptiness, I now take to my grave. So it's kind of like a bit suicidal, maybe, or yeah. maybe he's writing it towards the end of his life as the as the author there. But that kind of surprised me when I looked at it. Um, same thing, I will never agree that Fade to Black was written about stolen gear. I think James <laughs> has struggled with some heavier topics than that. Uh, yeah. That crops up here. Yeah, I mean, I think the lyrics are surprising as well because sometimes it does get into that. I mean, you mentioned Skinner before, and I think that's, you know, a kind of perfect comparison. Like, it feels very Skinner, Rebel, my new last name, which just feels like, you know, one of their kind of yeehaw songs. But April, apron strings around my neck, the mark mm-hmm. still remains. How are you reading that lyric? Is, is he saying, like, ma- the maternal influence, the kind of, you know, apron as kind of metonymy for the mother? Or Yeah, I tried to think about that and come up, with a couple of things you know you could read it literally as like strangulation yeah um or you could read it as you know because james's dad left maybe his mother had to take on some more traditionally masculine roles in the house and Mm. maybe he had to help with the housework and he kind of resented that kind of being yeah put in a lower place that maybe he saw it that way you know james is awesome at putting these lyrics together and like i said you anybody can plug whatever they want into them 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, very sweet. Um, in times talking about a mother's love for her son, unspoken. Um, I need your arms to welcome me, and this sort of appeal. And you know, it, it does gather up pace as it goes on. As I say, it's very much centered around this main chorus. And you know, when we get to the later sections as well, we get grander kind of ideas here. The sort of heavy guitar underneath. We even get the sort of dead string, like the chug as it's going in for the final one as well. You know, and it is quite epic. It is a little grandstanding, personally, just for my taste. But I, I, I still like that they went there. And this is a later song on Load as well. And I think a lot of people, at least myself, I feel Load is a bit more of a front-loaded album. Uh, I don't necessarily prefer the... Well, I don't really like the whole thing, but I don't really prefer the uh, <laughs> the latter side entirely. And... Um, Odd that this isn't a song they've played a lot. I mean, it's a nice coincidence. They've only played this song two times, and it's a nice coincidence that the episode had just released at the time of us recording this, where it was Metallica's appearances on uh, Later with Jules Holland. When they were mm-hmm. on there for the Load show, um, they did Wasting My Hate, they did King Nothing, and they did uh, James Solo doing Mama Said. with Jay- I don't know if you've seen that performance of, of, them, of James doing it. Yeah, I... I saw that one because that one's on YouTube. And the only other time it's been performed was at the CMT Outlaw concert uh, where James also did a cover of Waylon Jennings' Don't You Think This Outlaw Bit's Done Got Out of Hand, which is awesome, by the way. If you haven't right. heard that, go listen to that. Um, but that's the only other time, and I couldn't find that performance. Yeah, well, I, I didn't know about that. Apparently there's another time as well when they're in Stockholm, Sweden. This is just off their website. Um, oh, which, really? Yeah, it looks like it was two days after, so it was on the Load Press Tour, uh, SVT Studios. I imagine that's sort of, you know, Sweden's BBC or whatever. But the reason I mention the performance is, is, one, it's a cool performance, and you do rarely see just James and his six-string. Um, but Newstead's in the background, like like slowly headbanging to the song. <laughs> like it's it's really it's really really. He nice. can't help himself. No, he, he just can't. <laughs> he just can't. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm not really a big in terms of Metallica, like a big like lyrics guy. Like I'm not the sort of person that's like, oh, these lyrics really spoke to me. They got me through some hard times. I'm more, I guess, I'm more of a music guy, more of a song guy. The sort of the entirety of the thing. Um, so, so yeah, Mama Said isn't a song that I, that I run back to, but I still, you know, really value it um, as a piece of their history. And, um, you know, in the chorus as well, it's nice when James is singing and sort of Kirk's guitar is sort of the call and answer, doing some nice kind of slide flourishes. I mean, all, all the band are in a slightly different perspective here, aren't they? Yeah, and I like James's vocals on this song. It's yeah. really hard to sing either of the vocal tracks. It's layered vocals. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's why they don't do it live so much is because yeah. it is really hard to sing. And I think maybe in the load reload era, because the songs were easier to play, that allowed James to kind of get his voice, you know, tune that up as an instrument in itself. So maybe the easier songs off those albums, you know, created the really good singer that we know today. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's what I hope. Yeah, and this was, um, obviously this was a single. This was released on November 25th, 1996. As always, there are some quite cool alternative editions. So internationally, this was released as two different singles, and they had um, lots of live tracks on there. So these were live tracks recorded on August 4th, 1996 at Irving Meadows. We got a live So What? 
Creeping Death, King Nothing, Whiplash, and Ain't My Bitch Live as well. And there's also nice. a Japanese EP version that has all the live tracks, mm-hmm. as well as a Mama Said early demo version, which I haven't actually heard. Um, and it's quite funny. It says produced by, obviously not produced, uh, recorded by <laughs> Lars and James uh, on December 10th, 1994. And Kirk and Jason had a day off, as usual, it says in brackets. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, definitely have to seek that one out as well. But... Um, what about the uh, the video? Have you seen the video? Yeah, I've definitely seen the video. Yeah, it's quite a fun video, right? It's kind of a it's kind of one of those trick videos where you know you feel that he's in the back of this convoy and then you realise there's a screen behind. But I, I like the way he's dressed. I like the occupation he's inhabiting. <laughs> it's very indicative of the load reload era. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's just missing a cigar, really, and, and that would kind yeah, of top it off perfectly. But um, but yeah, it's it's quite a tasteful video, and there's kind of it's all James, apart from a little cameo from the boys at one point in the background as well. And um, then, if I remember correctly, he gets out the car, and it's kind of a hollowed out car, and there's a screen, and then there's just a horse uh, yeah, on the stage for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and then it just uh... because you don't park your horse outside. In yeah, yeah, I imagine. I, guess. <laughs> I imagine Hetfield just mounts it and just left and uh, just headed back to a Downey or something. But uh, but yeah, um, any. Uh, any closing thoughts on Mama Said? Uh, yeah, I, I think hardcore Metallica fans, 11 tracks into Load, maybe saw that acoustic intro like, all right, maybe we're going to get like a battery or something right. after that acoustic <laughs> yeah. intro. And then they were really let down about 40 seconds in. But I don't care because I no. love the song. Yeah. And you talked about the demo earlier. There's a 1995 demo that had a parenthetical title called The Story So Far. Mm. So I'm wondering if it was going to be, you know, like an Unforgiven trilogy, like James had more in the can for that type of song. Yeah, interesting. Not heard that. I need to really sort of go back and listen to the demos. I'm sure in the future, I mean, it'll be a little while before we get the load box set, uh, a la the Justice box set and stuff like that. But that's going to be cool when that comes out. Um, you know, it'll take oh, a, little, yeah. a little longer for that to come out. Obviously, we've got the Black Album one coming up soon as well, which will be... Yeah, I'm sure that one will weigh 65 pounds. Yeah, that'll probably be their biggest one, right? Because, I mean, that's their best-selling yeah. album. That's the one people are more familiar Gotta with. Be. People are going to want to hear the sort of rift. Like, man, if we get, like, the rift tapes from the hotel room when Kirk did Enter Sandman and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, I mean... The level of documentation, like, the, uh, you know, mentioning um, Van Halen again, like, it always comes up on the podcast that they don't really respect their fans. Like, they do a reissue, but it'll just be remixed with one extra track. Whereas Metallica, <laughs> I think they're like the ultimate fan band, aren't they? They give so much. They definitely are. Like, I mean, what other band can you name that even comes close? None. No, I, I can't think of any band of their stature that records them doing all the songs in the studio and puts it up on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. You can watch the tuning room. Yeah. You can watch songs from the live shows on YouTube. It's all free. They have LiveMetallica.com. You can download pretty much any show. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's unrivaled, really. It's inspirational. And I mean, I know Pearl Jam do like their own bootlegs and stuff. And I know they're pretty good with their Ten Club and whatever. And you know, there's probably other bands out there that on on a lower level are like that. But you know, someone as, as big as Metallica, which I mean. They are the they're, they're probably the biggest band in the world right now, aren't they? Still, you have to be. <laughs> I just I can't think of any other band that could go to multiple continents and sell out the biggest arenas. Yeah, when I went to my first Metallica show in St. Louis, 
and I just looked behind me because I was on the rail. It's like, how do four dudes get 50,000 people to show up on a given night and listen to them play music? Like, the insanity of that concept is mind-blowing to me. It, yeah, yeah, it really is, isn't it? And it's generational now. I mean, it's probably getting to the point where it's almost four generations that are going to see Metallica. Like, it is... Yeah, it's like, I mean, I remember when I saw them in Birmingham and um, the guy next to me on the rail had his daughter there and he had saw them in the early 90s before she was born and then there she was headbanging alongside her dad like <laughs> as they were coming out and stuff. So uh, yeah, as always, let us know what you think about Mama Said in the comments below. Um, get at me at MetallicaPod, MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We've got lots of cool stuff coming up on the show as well. Next week, we're going to be doing Man Unkind. Then we've got Master of Puppets, Merciful Fate, Metal Militia, and Mistress Dread. So, uh, yeah, I think M might be the most multitudious number here. We've got been on M for so long. But, uh, yeah, as always as well, Patreon is there. iTunes is there. Kevin, anything for you? Just a Twitter, right? Yep, at KR Van Dam if you feel like following me. All right, well, um, yeah, thank you again, guys, for listening. Please go back through the archives as well. I mean, when did we start this show? I think we started this show in, like, May last year or something like that. So we've got so many episodes and, you know, various top tens and countdowns and interviews. And, look, I had Ray Burton before it was cool to have Ray Burton, all right? I know uh, I know Metal Your Podcast did, but for some reason he said yes to me earlier on as well. But definitely go and listen to Clinton even speak to Ray. Ray is a magical human being. Absolutely love that man. And that was a great chat with them as well but um kevin thanks again sir thanks thanks for having me on 